0: ...the mental and emotional damage endured by some sappers, as well as the physical wounds others suffered. My own book, Exit Wounds, relates my struggle with psychological trauma. This is an all-too-familiar story for Australian servicemen and women. I hope this book shines a little more light into the dark recesses of the minds of those still fighting inner demons, long after the last shots of their war have fallen silent. John Cantwell, AO, DSC, Major General, retired, Australian National Commander, Afghanistan and the Middle East, 2010-2011. to 2011. Prologue The Tunnel Rat Legacy There's a strange kind of silence. The wind is whispering gently around the crags and gullies, The bushes, such as they are, seem to crackle rather than rustle in the breeze. You are lying flat on your belly, your arms outstretched in front of you, delicately prizing apart the tiny metal clips and wires of a device that was designed to kill, or at the very least, maim you. There are easier ways to deal with this improvised explosive device, IED, the official name for a booby-trap bomb or homemade landmine. There's BIP, blow in place. Or you could just mark it and leave it. Either would be acceptable to the infantrymen clustered behind you, leaning on rocks and crouched in ravines, anything that could provide cover from a shoot-and-scoot attack from Taliban guerrillas. They just want to move on, having already sweated it out literally and figuratively for a couple of hours waiting for you, an expert in dealing with these deadly devices, to come forward and do your thing. The sappers who found it, first with the help of their dog, then with their portable mind detectors, are muttering that they could have dealt with it just as easily. B.I.P. and it's gone. But the brass insist on three things. IEDs have to be disarmed and dismantled so that vital intelligence can be gathered from them. They can't be left where they might be harmful to both army personnel and local civilians. And EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal Techs, are the only people allowed to deal with them. And that's why you are carefully pulling this thing apart ever conscious of the possibility that it may be fitted with an anti-tamper device intended to mete out the ultimate punishment to those who would dare to even try to render it safe. The IED is a repository of vital information. From fingerprints on sticky tape to the materials used to put it together, through to the techniques employed in doing so. The DNA of this device will be traceable back to a bomb factory or even an individual bomb maker. Learning its secrets could save dozens, if not hundreds, of lives. Crouching behind you, your offsider is carrying the electronic countermeasures ECM Manpack, a device that blocks mobile phone signals just in case a Taliban fighter or even just a local kid in their pay is about to press a button on their phone and blow you both to kingdom come. In this war of acronyms rather than words, the man with the ECM is close enough to the EOD tech to be effective, but far enough away to survive a blast from an IED. FYI. The bomb itself is more than likely a used palm oil container, filled with diesel-infused fertiliser that, even in its smallest form, will produce a strong enough blast to kill a man or disable a vehicle. And, like earlier Australian foes, the Viet Cong, the Taliban are not above placing a second charge nearby to take out unwary disposal techs focused on the more obvious problem. This is war on the cheap for the enemy. It costs somewhere north of $50,000 to equip a sapper for combat engineer duties and ten times as much to train them. It costs about $50 for the Taliban to plant a roadside bomb, which is more likely to be effective than a firefight and has a much lower risk to their fighters. This is what the sappers faced in Afghanistan. This is also the legacy of the tunnel rats to go above.